Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Czech Republic International again. Good play again from Lazio. Dangerous ball towards Ravanelli. What a good finish too. Oh, he rolled back the ears there. Campionato di calcio italiano. Welcome back to Forza Italian Football's My Favourite Game Series. We're going back to 2001 with this one. It's another European fixture, so we're venturing outside of Italian shores, specifically to Leeds, which you might not have expected. But Alistair McKenzie is joining me this week to talk about a pretty remarkable game from Elland Road, what, 19 years ago now. So, enjoy. Matty was given a breather this evening. Kept out of the firing line. The old war horse is on now. As Leeds endeavour to shut up shop right at the last. Here is Mihailovic. Oh! That's fantastic. Bet beyond the keeper. And right into the corner from the master of that kind of situation. You're taking us back to March 14th, 2001. For a game, surprisingly, in England at Elland Road, where Lazio and Leeds United played out a 3-3 game in what you have described as a dead rubber. So my, my first question is, uh, where were you watching this game from and how old were you? Yeah, well, so I was, um, I was trying to work this out. It's one of these funny things because it's a childhood memory. I actually remembered it being longer ago than it actually was. So I was 11 years old, it turns out. I had always thought I was about eight or nine. And uh, basically, I was on holiday with my family. We were, I can't even remember where, somewhere in the south of England, I think. And uh, my parents had gone out for the, the night and left me and my brother uh, 
with one of my mum's friends and I don't think she knew what to do with us so we were <laughs> we were made to sit in front of the TV and watch the football and this happened to be the game that was on so at that stage of life being left in in front of the TV with some sweeties and things in front of you watching the football without your parents around it, it was great um it's really stuck with me I mean the yeah. environment as much as the game I usually ask people why have they chosen this game but for you, I'm going to change that slightly and say, is this game the reason you now live in Italy? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it is a bit more complex than that. I mean, it's, it's, temp <laughs> it's tempting to say yes, because it, it's kind of set off, I suppose, a chain reaction of events and life choices and things that have ultimately led to me ending up in Rome. Um, but, I mean, even before this point, Lazio were my kind of designated Italian team. I remember kind of following them on, coming through on the teletext when I was at my granny's house on a Sunday, really <laughs> taking it back. Um, but I, I can't actually remember why, beyond the fact that I just liked... Um, we, we'd Our very first family holiday, I'd be when I was even younger than that, was, was in Italy. It wasn't in Rome, it was up in Verona, but I remember kind of getting fascinated with the country back then and and one way or another found out about Lazio and and I think it was when Football Italia was on the TV every Sunday and we'd always go up to my granny's house every Sunday and and there'd be a game on and I think you know the sibling rivalry I talk about in the article was a big part of it as well because I think my brother at that time had taken on Juventus as his team and I think at this point of time Lazio and Juventus were the two kind of teams constantly up there so Amazing as it is to, to think now, history repeating itself. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, d I don't know if it's the, you know, the, the moment that's decided the way my life's panned out, but it certainly helped. <laughs> yeah, I like the line in the, in the piece where you said, my brother turned to me and said, I'm supporting Leeds. So I replied, fine, I'll support Lazio. It's amazing what a bit of sibling rivalry can do. It was quite nice. And I, I think it probably has not so much being the only factor but it's definitely contributed to what has gone on to happen since with your life I would wager but it was a crazy game that at <laughs> this point in time just destroyed all of these stereotypes about Italian football you you get people saying this now when a Serie A game has a lot of goals in it or when people watch Atalanta and realize that Italian teams attack but this is in 2001 when most people would have still thought this because it's just off the back of the 90s when Gazzetta Football Italia was huge and people had that exposure to Italian football. Lazio were the reigning Scudetto champions, I think, at the time. And then they came to, to Leeds and played out this, this chaotic game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, reigning Italian champions, also reigning Coppa Italia holders, first and only time that they'd, they'd won the domestic double. Um the thing is, I, there's something I also mentioned in the articles, it's kind of like, and this this essentially sums up my experience of starting to follow Lazio, is that it kind of was a bit of a weird time to, to jump on board because all, all the major successes had already come and wouldn't come again. Um, so from this point onward, the, I mean, this point of the season as well was also a bit strange. The game itself... Um, didn't mean anything because Lats were already out. This was when the Champions League had two group stages. So they'd been through the first one. It, it sounds like a bizarre format now, but 
that they got through the first group stage and then got to the second one and they lost their first three games. I think Anderlecht, Real Madrid and Leeds lost all of them. So by the point it got to this game, which was the final second group stage game, they're already out. And they were kind of trailing in the league as well at that point. Svenjörn Eriksson had left a couple of months earlier. Um, and, you know, it, it was strange because the, the the highest point, I suppose, in the club's history had only been six months before. But looking at it now, at this stage, there was already... Uh, you could see signs of um, decline a little bit, I suppose. But talking about the attacking side of things, I mean, Lazio were kind of... That Lazio team, at least, are kind of an antidote to that. Because even if you look at some of the great defenders in that team, like Alessandro Nesta and Sinis Mihailovic, you know, one of the things that made Mihailovic so good was his attacking prowess, as we saw in this game. And then that team's strengths was really going forward. You know, the creativity in midfield with Nedved, Stankovic, Veron, the strikers they had are absolutely ridiculous. You know, Salas and Crespo were on the bench in this game. Because it was a rotated team, but then you've still got, you know, Fabrizio Ravanelli, uh, love him or hate him, Simone Inzaghi is in that team. There's a lot of, um, you know, the strengths of this team basically were more going forward than they were um, at the back, and you could see that not only from this game but the the game that followed it, um, because there's a lot of rotation for this game in Leeds to to allow the team to be fully rested for a big game against Juventus coming up on that weekend following. And they went and beat Juventus 4-1 in that game. Crespo got a hat-trick. So, yeah, I mean, this was an attack-minded team that I suppose, like you say, were kind of fighting those stereotypes a bit. This is the thing that really jumped out at me, though, from the article. Because when I was watching highlights back, I, I was impressed by the, the collection of names that Lazio had on the pitch. And then you point out that Crespo and Salas were on the bench, whereas Nesta, Peruzzi, Favalli, Veron, and Simeone didn't even make the trip. So this really was uh, a squad packed full of ridiculous talent. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> this is the thing is that I suppose there's various points in my life where I, I've been able to say, right, definitely I'm proper Lazio fan here. Because, and one of them is looking at this team and thinking, my God, this is the team that made me fall in love with Lazio. And you're looking at a, a side with Emanuele Pezzarezzi and... Francesco Colonese, Lucas Castroman, <laughs> you know, it's not exactly a star-studded lineup that they put out on that day. But even then, you know, a rotated team, like I said, you've still got Claudio Lopez up front, who's a major signing from Valencia that summer before. You've still got a young Nedved and Stankovic in midfield. Even Roberto Baronio, who, you know, didn't didn't really go on to great things, but at this point, he'd just been named young player of the year in Serie A the year before when he was on, on loan at Regina and a lot of things were expected of him at this point. So, yeah, I mean, it is amazing to think now, you know, it's the, the current Lazio team, don't get me wrong, are very strong, but the strength and depth of this side is, is staggering, to be honest. The the goals in this game, there was a really high quality. Um, Ravanelli's goal was obviously close range, but Nedved did well in the build-up. Lee Boyer scored. A goal that I'm not willing to actually give him credit for because I don't think he means to, to love the keeper from that angle because why would you? Mihailovic got a penalty, Wilcox scored a nice volley and then Viduka had put Leeds 3-2 up before Sinisa Mihailovic did what he did in stoppage time. But it, it's one of those things, you, you mentioned it as well, just the fact that there was no pressure on anybody. It seemed to put everybody at ease and people were just doing things that 
they wouldn't otherwise do. Yeah, this is a thing. I mean, uh, I think obviously this this would have been one of the drawbacks of the second group stage format that at this stage in the Champions League, you don't really want dead rubbers in, you know, in mid-March in a Champions League. It seems a bit strange. But if you are going to have a dead rubber, I suppose it, it, it can sometimes set up the perfect conditions for a great game of football because not only do you have the pressure stripped away, but then the players who are out on the pitch, and in this case anyway in the Lazio team, a lot of them have really have a point to prove. And it's almost a free hit. So, you know, it's one thing saying that, and often it doesn't actually end up being the case. You know, you could say the same thing, for example, for like a third, fourth place playoff in the World Cup, and they're always terrible. But, um, <laughs> but this game was just, from the start, you could tell it was going to be like that, just a completely mad game. And, you know, you've got people attempting volleys from all over the place. You've got challenges flying in. Great atmosphere as well. You know, Ravanelli very quickly became the kind of pantomime villain of, of the piece. And so you've got everything you wanted, really. A lot of goals, um, a lot of hefty challenges, attempts on goal, uh, good atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, it, there was there was something about it. And the other thing I should say is that this whole time, I've never, uh, never looked back at this game. Um, it was always something I had in my mind. It was always something, like I say in the piece, that when people asked me about how I started following Lazio, it would always come back to this game. But I never actually, until writing this article, took the time to sit down and rewatch it because I almost liked having it there at that distance as being this kind of almost mythical match. So I, I guess uh, in, at some level I was probably worried it wouldn't live up to the hype. So it, it was you know, quite satisfying in a way watching it back and realising actually this is just a great fun game of football and I can see why it had such an effect. Was it the game you remembered it to be or did you notice different details this time when you watched it? See, I couldn't really remember the, the details of it all that well. Um, the one thing that surprised me was that the most dramatic thing that happens in this entire game, which is that Lazio win a very dubious free kick on the edge of the box in stoppage time and Mihailovic uh, does what he does and equalises. I, I didn't actually have a recollection of how that came about. Um, I remembered a high score game and a draw, but I couldn't remember the details of what came where. But uh, it, it's funny that I suppose that, that length of time as well, we're talking almost 20 years now, scarily, um, you know, the mind does play tricks on you a little bit and the reality can sometimes be quite different. So it's very interesting looking back at it. We had Fabrizio Ravanelli was getting booed every time he touched the ball. And was that because he had purely just played for Middlesbrough a few years earlier? Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He wasn't actually booed from the start, no. I mean, I think he already had a bit of a reputation. Um, and yeah, he'd played in England, so they knew who he was and what he was about. But also... He well, firstly, he scores the first goal, then he wins the penalty, and they're not happy with him because being at the home crowd, they think he's gone down too easily. And then it's actually after I think after the second time he goes down clutching his knee. To be fair, I think it was a fairly hefty challenge as far as I remember. But I think at that point the crowd think they they've had enough of this, you know, this Italian striker rolling around on the ground. So it's kind of that from that point onwards that he's really booed nonstop. Um, yeah, so I don't think it was simply because he played for another English team at some point, right? Because I was, yeah, I was thinking like Middlesbrough and Leeds, so I wouldn't have expected that much animosity between the two, other than the standard that's directed towards Leeds. But that that does kind of clear things <laughs> up a little bit. But there was that bit of spice in this game because after I think it was Mihailovic's penalty, Paul Robinson just boots the ball. The Leeds goalkeeper obviously just kicks the ball at the. Lazio's celebrating huddle and it almost kicked off then on the pitch. Yeah, I mean I I, I was kind of surprised by how much bite was in this game <laughs> when I when I had another look at it. Um I watched the highlights back of the first game in Rome which leads 1-1-0 um with a a nice goal quite late on in the the first game. But yeah, I I I'm not really sure. I mean, I, th- I think it was probably just the circumstances more than there being some kind of deep-rooted rivalry. <laughs> I don't yeah. think there's anything like that going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is interesting matchup as well because you're talking about two teams here who um, this was their, you know, this era, this part of this era was really as good a, as it was going to get for a long time. Obviously, Leeds have another big storied era earlier on kind of in the 70s but this Leeds team this Lazio team um are both kind of set for the same trajectory they're both um it's going to get worse from this point onwards really and well for Leeds more so than for Lazio I suppose but it's I find it fascinating seeing these two you know two really big European clubs facing off like this in a battle that you just would never see in the Champions League anymore and I guess that kind of spice as well, and it's it's quite hard to remember or to kind of think what what is the connection here between these teams. <laughs> yeah, the the season didn't really end in in much glory for Lazio. They they got knocked out of the Coppa Italia quarterfinals. This was the end of their Champions League run. They had won the Supercoppa Italiana, I think, um, but they finished third in Serie A with Roma finishing top and. 
that's despite Ernan Crespo scoring 26 times in in the league, which is a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. So looking back, is this kind of the the beginning of when things started to, to fade away a little bit for Lazio? And they've only really reignited that probably this season. To the extent that uh, Lazio's a kind of superpower, um, probably, I mean, they weren't really competing quite as much for the, the league title, I suppose, from this point onwards. Still very much... Um, up and around the Champions League spots. I mean, the last time they were in the Champions League was 2007-2008. So it's by no means that from this point onwards things became terrible, but it was not long after this point that Sergio Cragnotti, the president who bankrolled this team, um, his his business went bust and the the club was essentially saved from, from bankruptcy, which it seemed to be headed towards. And when Lotito comes in in 2004, um, you know, that is his job first and foremost. And it still kind of is now, or the way he likes to see it, uh, is to stabilize this club financially and build a long term um, future for them. And, you know, that was a tough, tough one to tough one to, to do for him. And essentially it resulted in a sale of a hell of a lot of players. The hardest one for fans to take was... Nesta for sure going to AC Milan, um, but you know most most of this team was sold off, and the team that followed, I suppose, in the kind of uh, late noughties was kind of pretty poor in comparison. <laughs> and yeah, Lazio would slide into kind of mid table and and rebuild, but the rebuilding project that didn't make Lotito a popular president. He's still not a popular president among a lot of Lazio fans, but his kind of, as it was seen, financial stinginess, really, uh, his inability to invest in a better playing squad was something that turned fans against him. But if he hadn't done that, you don't really know what could have happened to this club financially. So his project has been... Long and and difficult and full of controversy and it's it's something that splits opinions a lot about Lazio fans. But he you can't argue with the fact that he stabilised the club financially and built them from a point where they looked like they were going to be going off the face of the earth, like a lot of clubs did around this time, like Fiorentina, like Napoli. That never happened to Lazio, but they did need to rebuild, and uh, we've seen that over the last kind of. Five, uh, five or six years. Well, I'd say probably five to ten years that the club has slowly rebuilt itself back into a position where they are considered at least kind of Champions League contenders, or should be every year, rather than uh, that being a, an outside chance. All right, Alistair. I nearly called you Lazio there, but thanks <laughs> for coming on to talk about your favourite game with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
il firmamento è sempre la più bella ed ogni volta che rintocca il campanone ho voglia di cantare questa canzone la Lazio sul prato verde vola la Lazio tu non sarai mai sola Un'aquila nel cielo, più in alto sempre volerà. Insieme a te Aquilotto noi voliamo via, la domenica sempre ci fai compagnia. Con le bandiere al vento e un tuffo in fondo al cuore, sono brividi forti e voglia di gridare perché il coro che fa. Dice Lazio sei grande, te volevo bene Lazio, sul prato verde vola Lazio, tu non sarai mai sola Vola, un'aquila nel cielo Più in alto sempre
crazy game. <laughs> I bet you didn't think you'd be spending your time watching Leeds games from the year 2000. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. When I when I started this series, I did not expect Leeds United, Gary Kelly and Ian Hart to be getting a mention <laughs> in the series. But, but here Ian we are. Hart with one of the worst free kick attempts I've ever seen in my life. Um, delivered a good cross for Mark Maduka's goal, though, to be fair. He did, yeah, but I don't know if you saw the full game or just highlights, but in the first half, he takes his free kick. But, I mean, it's kind of one of the things I talked about in the articles. Like, the, the good thing about a dead rubber is that no one really gives a shit, so they're all just willing to try <laughs> things. So there's, like, Emanuele Pezzarezzi, who's this just totally random forgotten left-back. And after about five minutes, he takes, like, a first-time volley from 45 yards out. <laughs> <laughs> And then Ian Hart lines one up from about 40 yards and just like smacks it out of the stadium, basically. It's amazing. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 